Welcome, welcome. Let's jump right into our GOAT segment. Um, starting off at quarterback is Russell Wilson against the Buccaneers. He is probably the number one GOAT of the whole entire week. He just exploded. Uh, 29 of 43, five touchdowns, zero picks. I mean, man, if you started Metcalf, you started Lockett, he started Hollister. Hollister got two touchdowns. Uh, just unbelievable. So, uh, Russell Wilson, I mean, I know the Buccaneers are horrible at stopping the, the pass, but, I mean, uh, Russell Wilson just annihilated the Buccaneers. And uh, good for him. Uh, Seattle needed to win, and it was actually a lot closer than uh, what I think a lot of people were expecting um, Buccaneers put up quite a fight, especially at Seattle, and, uh, you know, Mike Evans and, and Godwin didn't do so bad themselves, actually, uh, in this game. O.J. Howard still, uh, mysteriously quiet, which is, is kind of scary, um, but, you know, that's, that's what O.J. Howard's, uh, forte has been this year, so, uh, moving along. Matthew Stafford, 26 of 41, 342 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw one pick, but we're not going to hold that against him when you have 342 yards. He threw it to Galladay, threw it to Marvin Jones. He threw it to everybody, and which was great because the with Ty Johnson being one of the only healthy backs, um, they didn't really rely on the, the run very much. So Matthew Stafford lit up the Raiders. And uh, sadly, with a peculiar, peculiar play call at the end of the game, they ended up losing to the Raiders. And uh, it was the, uh, the shootout that we expected it to be. Um, that's for sure. And, and moving along to the, the third go at quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo against the Cardinals, and I can't say that you don't see a quarterback blowing up against the Cardinals, because that's pretty much what happens when you play the Cardinals, but the fact that it was Jimmy Garoppolo, um, 49ers were so reliant on their run, and for Garoppolo just to, well, the 49ers in general just go through the air like they did, uh, 28-37, 317 yards, four touchdowns, again, is just... Uh, it was magical, and, and you really see when the, the Niners having a great receiver like Emmanuel Sanders, what that can do for that offense. You know, he got in on the action. Dante Pettis got in on the action. His only catch was a touchdown. Uh, Dante Pettis sighting. Uh, you know, again, all the fantasy uh, pundits were all over the Dante Pettis bandwagon at the beginning of the year, and he hasn't panned out and I'll be honest I wasn't big on Dante Pettis uh just because I really needed to see more from him to declare him you know the the, the guy in San Francisco and, and he hasn't been able to do it but uh not only did Jimmy Garoppolo beat the Cardinals but then he also got to flirt with Aaron Andrews afterwards which uh made for more highlights than uh, I think they actually showed in the of the game so 
good times over uh, in San Francisco right now with them being the man eight and no. Uh, no one, if anyone saw San Francisco being undefeated, actually the only undefeated team this far in the season, uh, they're lying to you because that's just, uh, that's crazy. At running back, Christian McCaffrey, 24 rushes, 146 yards, two touchdowns. And, and on top of that, he also had three catches for 20 yards and a touchdown. And it, it's Christian McCaffrey, so you expect things from the him. But this was even amazing for Christian McCaffrey. You know, I, I thought the Titans would be able to wrangle him up a little bit. And if he was going to get his yards, it was going to be through the air. Now, he had the touchdown, but he, but he only had three receptions at 20 yards. Um, he really did most, he did all of his damage on the ground, getting, you know, the 146 and two. And that's what I didn't see from the Titans. So, I mean, if I would have saw it the other way on the receptions and in, in, in yards and touchdowns, I might have believed it a little bit more. But he's just on another planet right now. And, uh, Anyone that has McCaffrey, if your team is horrible, then that's really on you because it's just amazing what he's doing this year in regards to Cam Newton being hurt and backup quarterback, and oh, that's going to put more pressure on McCaffrey, and that's fine. He, he's doing it. So moving along, Josh Jacobs had a prime matchup with the Lions, and he didn't disappoint. 28 carries, 120 yards, and, and two touchdowns. And and I'll be honest, you know, I'll say it. I loved his matchup. I, I really like Josh Jacobs, but at the same time, Josh Jacobs has been really inconsistent, even with some good matchups. And so it's really great to see the Raiders starting to incorporate him uh, more into the offense. I mean, 28 carries is great. Um, so I, I really like... The, the fact that even moving forward, Josh Jacobs has a lot more value with just how much more the Raiders are using him than they, they did earlier in the season. And, and, you know, that makes sense. He was a rookie, and you're moving him along at his, you know the, the pace that you feel comfortable with. And uh, right now, I, I think things line up for Josh Jacobs, and, and you definitely are, are, you know, he's due for some huge games, especially with matchups like the Lions. Damian Williams... This was kind of out of left field. Um, 12 carries, 125 yards, and a touchdown against the Vikings. So the 125 yards and, and touchdowns impressive against the Vikings, but for Damian Williams did that on 12 carries. And you're really starting him, uh, really starting to see him become the bell cow in Kansas City. You know, Shady McCoy fumbled uh, a couple times and. Um, you're really starting to see Damian take over that backfield, and he's not letting it go right now. And uh, There's going to be a lot more Damian Williams moving forward, and you're really going to start uh, to see uh, McCoy uh, drift off into the, the, nether, the netherworld because uh, you're, you're not seeing the, the touches from McCoy that you did before. And, that's great news for Damian Williams owners because a lot of people drafted him before the McCoy trade and uh, were, were pretty disappointed when it was, you know, that, that big committee. And, you know, lately you're really starting to see Damian Williams really come into his own and, and, and take over that backfield. Uh, 
wide receiver, Mike Evans, 12 receptions, 180 yards, and a touchdown against Seattle. Man, uh, Mike Evans, you know, he's a scary play too, though, because he has these games, and this is like his third one where he just, you know, 180 yards, touchdown. He's had a couple multi-touchdown games, and the, the thing about Mike Evans is, is sometimes he's feast or famine because, you know, he had that game where he had absolutely nothing, and, and then another game where he, he didn't do much. And it's really hard to predict with him and Godwin as well. I mean, Godwin is, is doing amazing. He's actually one top three, four receivers in the, uh, the NFL right now. And so with him and Mike Evans, they're, they're really the bulk of the, the Buccaneers' offense right now. They're not rushing the ball very well. O.J. Howard's non-existent. So it's really the Mike Evans and Chris Godwin show. And um, if Mike Evans can keep up this momentum, because this is the second big game in a row, uh, you got to be excited about that, because that was the big thing with Mike Evans, was that consistency from week to week, and, and right now, he, he actually has some, and he has a killer matchup coming up as well, so um, that's, you know, against Arizona, so that's something, he might have three big uh, weeks in a row, which would be, which would be great. Uh, Tyler Lockett, I loved Tyler Lockett uh, last week, and he didn't disappoint. 13 catches, 152 yards, two touchdowns against the Buccaneers. I mean, he was just ridiculous. Uh, every, every time it seemed like Seattle was throwing the ball, Lockett was coming down with it. Granted, DK Metcalf had a great game, but uh, the, the volume was definitely on Lockett's side, and uh, he, he came through and had a big game. Tyreek Hill, this isn't necessarily a surprise, but, I mean, against the Vikings, I really like the Vikings' defense. And Tyreek Hill, six receptions, 140 yards, and a touchdown. That's great for Tyreek Hill. And, and Tyreek Hill, is, he's another one that he's just a burner. He's consistent. He's, he's getting those yards. And uh, it's a shame that he was hurt for half the year because you're really starting to see his production against anybody. So he's a must-start every week. Moving along to tight end, we got uh, Noah Fant, three catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown against Cleveland. Now it's it's a, it's a little misleading in regards to he had the 75-yard touchdown pass, or not pass, reception from uh, Brandon Allen last week, and uh, I don't know. He, he, he caught the ball, which is a, a big step because... Noah Fant is known to, to drop the ball, so for him to 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 catch the ball, you know that's <laughs> that's an improvement, and especially with the Broncos' offense, you didn't think was going to do anything. Zach Ertz nine catches, one hundred and three yards, and a touchdown against the Bears. Bears aren't great at covering the tight end. That's their one. That's like their kryptonite. Bears have an amazing defense, and what I really think you're starting to see is the Bears' offense is so atrocious that the Bears are on the field so much. So they're just getting worn out. And you, anyone would get worn out with as much as they're on the field. Uh, that's how bad the Bears' offense has been. So it's really starting to show holes into the Bears' defense, which is a shame. But Zach Ertz, nine catches, 103 yards. I mean, this kind of came out of nowhere. And I actually, you know, talked about this last week with Dallas Goddard 
uh, getting more targets. And I even said it on the start-sit segment last week that Zach Ertz was due to continue to regress against the matchup of the Bears. And he, man, took it to everybody and, and, and played great. And especially with Alshon Jeffrey being hurt, I think the, the volume, every time a receiver gets hurt in, on the Eagles offense, Zach Ertz's volume just explodes. And that's when you see him have those big games. So this is actually his second big game this season. And uh, both times it's been when there was an injury to the receiver. So he's definitely someone to keep on your radar when uh, when uh, someone goes down on on the Eagles. And, and not only Jeff uh, Jeffrey, but uh, Deshaun Jackson's probably out for until the playoffs now. So he's pretty he's done in fantasy football for uh, for any any owner. He 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 can definitely be dropped right now. But you know, having both those guys out that really opens it up for uh, Zach Ertz. Uh, and then uh, Hollister, uh, Hollister uh, clothing. Anyway, he had uh, 37 yards and two touchdowns. Was really a, a big target for Russell Wilson, and, and that was surprising because you you don't know what tight end is Seattle's going to use, and it just so happened that Hollister scored those two, but. I mean, that's a situation you want to stay from. I mean, I wouldn't be clamoring to pick up Hollister on the waiver wire. He's not going to be worth it. Um, it could just be Luke Wilson just as easily next week. And it's just, yeah, it's one of those situations where he had a great game. You you, you tip your cap to him and uh, you move on, basically. So thanks for joining me on the uh, GOAT segment. And we'll get started uh on this next segment with the uh, ghosts of week nine. All right, let's jump right into the ghosts of week nine. And there was quite a bit of guys that didn't meet expectations. And I'll be honest, some of them are the same people and it's becoming a, a pattern. But let's move along to the QBs. And I want to start because I think I want to start the segment all the time with this person because they've been on the ghost, man, probably almost every single week that we've done this. And that would be Mitchell Trubisky. Always Mitchell Trubisky. 10 for 21, 125 yards. A sack three times by the Eagles. And, and the Bears lost to the Eagles pretty handily. And... You wonder, especially with the Bears' record and, and that defense, when the QB change is going to happen. Like I know they're sticking it out for Mitchell. They want him to be the guy. They're trying to force him to be the guy. And every week he's proving that he's not the guy. And Chase Daniels not a world beater by any means, but I think he can run an efficient offense and, and just not lose it. And, and the way Mitchell Trubisky is playing right now, I mean – it's horrid, and in their passing games in shambles, it's affecting their run because teams don't feel threatened that Trubisky's going to be able to air it out over them. So you're seeing stacked boxes, and it's just a nightmare over in Chicago right now. And Trubisky is taking his rightful place at number one on my ghost section right now. And... 
I don't feel good about it, but, you know, facts are facts, and reality is reality, so, sorry, Mitch, but you're, you're, you're back down on the, uh, on the low end of the totem pole, uh, for this segment. Josh Allen, 14 for 20, 160 yards, he was sacked once, or actually he was sacked two times, he threw an interception, and, He he threw for one touchdown, right? So, great. Josh Allen threw for a touchdown, um, which doesn't make it seem as bad stat-wise. He also rushed for a touchdown, but he had eight carries and only had 12 yards, and he scored. So, you, you, take a, like, you can't take away touchdowns. I get that. But, you know, that passing touchdown and rushing touchdown, you look at his stats, and they were just anemic. And, and what makes it worse, I think, is the fact that, he was playing against Washington, and he was primed for a huge, huge game with Washington uh, and and their defense right now, and he just didn't come through and gave the Bills a game, actually. And this is kind of the scary thing. You know, you see the Bills at, at 6-2 and two and being world beaters right now, but their schedule's so easy this year, it's really hard to see who this Bills team is. And it's making it really hard for us to see who Josh Allen is because, you know, he'll have some great games, but then he'll have some games like this against Washington where he has a prime matchup and he just isn't really capitalizing on it as much as what uh, you think he could. Aaron Rodgers, he makes the list after being on the GOATs last week. 23 for 35, 161 yards. Uh, he was sacked three times. You know, Aaron Rodgers, the whole Green Bay Packers against the Chargers was just horrid. And they let a lot of people down. I think people were expecting big things from the Packers this week, and nobody did anything. And, and that was really disappointing. I mean, Jamal Williams maybe saved his day by by getting a late touchdown. But, man, a lot of people had Aaron Rodgers as, you know, going to uh, not necessarily get the the amount of touchdowns he got the, the week before. But, you know, they expected a big game from him, and, and they didn't deliver. And, and it's actually going to go to my next person at running back. Uh, we'll move along because it falls in line with this uh, – this this game is uh, Aaron Jones getting uh, eight carries for 30 yards, one catch for negative three yards. And you look at that matchup and you expected Aaron Jones to do better rushing. And, and to be honest, I thought he would be targeted more in the passing game and get yards that way. I actually thought he was going to be a huge play this week and get and do really well. And so, you know, even in the FanDuel, I had him in my, my FanDuel lineup that I told you guys to uh, invest in him. I, I was that confident with that matchup, and it uh, didn't happen. It really didn't go uh, pan out the way that uh, it, it should have, to be honest. And uh, moving along from uh, Aaron Jones is uh, Frank Gore. And not that I expected Frank Gore to have a huge game. You know, Frank Gore is Frank Gore. He, he's not going to wow you. But 11 carries for 15 yards against Washington? Like, what was going on there, right? You look over at Devin Singletary, and you're really starting to see that backfield uh, belong to De- Devin Singletary. And I think that's what you're seeing is the change of the guard. 
Frank Gore was really ineffective and, and Singletary wasn't. And so moving forward, if I was a Frank Gore owner, I would, I'd be a little worried because it, it's really going to start belonging to Devin Singletary the, the, the rest of the way uh, from here on out for fantasy football. And if you're a Devin Singletary owner, you definitely need to be happy because he's going to be the, the bell cow that we've been waiting for all year when uh, we were banging the tables. And, and he was actually my favorite rookie running back coming in. It didn't look good with uh, McCoy at the time and, and then Gore being behind both those guys, but he's just such a talent. And, you know, him moving forward, I just expect really big things. Uh, Sony Michelle. Four carries, 18 yards against the Ravens. I don't even know what to say anymore. The The human PlayStation is not what he was or what we thought he was. We were expecting a big year from him, and he's just not, you know. Luckily for luckily for him, he's he's gotten those touchdowns, but outside of the touchdowns, he just hasn't been productive running back. And at this point, with that production, I would actually start using, if I was a Patriots, I'd start looking at another running back to use. I mean, he just doesn't look good when he's running the ball on top of that. And I don't know if it's knee injury or, or what's going on, but, uh, he, you know, he had another stinker of a game, and it's just unfortunate. Tevin Coleman, I think the disappointing thing about him, you know, he had 12 carries, 23 yards against Arizona was people were expecting a big game, especially after what he did the week before against Carolina. You know, Arizona isn't as good as the Panthers at stopping the run. And not that not that you, the Panthers are good either, but you definitely maybe didn't expect four touchdowns, but you expected some yards and a score or two against Arizona. And that didn't happen. They really bottled him up, and the Arizona running game just didn't look good at all. Or, sorry, the uh, 49er running game just didn't look good at all. And, uh, again, that was Garoppolo and his arm. The, the, their their passing game looked amazing, and it kind of threw everyone for a loop because we were expecting a run-heavy game. That just didn't happen. Uh, Saquon Barkley against Dallas, 14 carries, 28 yards, very mediocre, and then the six receptions for 67 yards makes it seem like it was a little bit better. but And I get it was Dallas. Dallas isn't a defense to sneeze at, but you just expect more from Saquon Barkley. He's a stud, and he just didn't have that game that you would expect. And especially him being Monday night, it had to be disappointing because if you just even needed 10 points, you're like, man, with, with Saquon Barkley, I got this. Like This is going to happen. And, and then for him to kind of throw up that dud it has to be kind of a heartbreaker. Moving to receiver, we have uh, the number one person I want to mention is Stephon Diggs for the Vikings. Thielen gets hurt early, re-injures that hamstring, doesn't come back. Really sets it up for Stephon Diggs against the Chiefs, and he gets one catch for four yards. So if you had Diggs, you have to be really disappointed. And that's another thing with Stephon Diggs is he's just so inconsistent. And he, you know, started off the year, the whole Vikings passing offense started off the year really slow. Started coming on, you know, starting to feel confident about him. 
And then he throws this dud at you, and now you don't know what to think again about the Vikings' passing attack. And especially with uh, Thielen being hurt, I mean, is is Diggs going to be able to carry the load through the air? Um, that's a good question. So, Next on the list is Allen Robinson for the Bears. And I get that it's the Bears' offense, but... Allen Robinson has been kind of Bears offense proof. He he still has been productive and getting targets and getting catches. But against the Eagles, he only had one catch for six yards. And I don't know if Trubisky is just regressing or, or what's going on, but uh, Allen Robinson didn't forget to get open or forget how to get open overnight. So you really hate to see that because he was the one guy I think everyone everyone was confident in in that matchup against the Eagles where you thought he'd have a big game. And for the fact that he didn't and he, you know, pulled that out, uh, has to be really disappointing. Christian Kirk against the 49ers. Now, 49ers are a good defense. Christian Kirk was coming off an injury, wasn't even sure he was going to play. Ended up with two catches, eight yards. I can't say that you had to be too disappointed but I had him in my lineup because I had to with my injuries and buys, and uh, it it just was a disappointing outcome. You figure with the Niners would be ahead, they would have to, you know, the Cardinals would have to pass, and Christian Kirk would get that volume, and it didn't happen. And uh, it was just a meh game uh, where, yeah, he he wasn't. He wasn't getting the production that he needed. Moving along, Juju Smith-Schuster. Three catches, 16 yards against the Colts. I mean, Smith-Schuster's just a product of the quarterback play. Rudolph isn't playing horrible, but he's not chucking the ball down the field. He's not really using his receivers on the outside. Uh, everything's to the running backs and tight ends right now, and it's really hurting Juju. Now, he did have that drop. It led to that interception, but, you know, that that's definitely on him. But overall, you have a talent like Smith-Schuster. You really need to get him the ball more than the Steelers have been able to get him the ball. And, you know, this this three catches for 16 yards is just a microcosm of, of the season that Smith-Schuster has had so far. Tight end, uh, we'll move on to Janu Smith. Three catches, 18 yards against the Panthers. He had that great game the week before, and you're all on the Janu Smith train. Delaney Walker doesn't play again, and then Janu Smith does that. So pretty disappointing, uh, especially if you picked him up to start multiple weeks. He he definitely let you down. And I'm sure uh, people had higher expectations of him than, than, than what he ended up producing. Mark Andrews. Baltimore, two catches, 21 yards against the Patriots. Good news is the Ravens beat the Patriots. The bad news is Mark Andrews hasn't been uh, hasn't been as productive as what you would think. And early on in the year, it was a big uh, either-or with Mark Andrews or Darren Waller. And, you know, talking to a lot of people... They got rid of Darren Waller, thinking that Mark Andrews was going to be the 
bigger, you know, the better tight end, and that just hasn't been the case. Although Waller didn't have an amazing game last week either, but uh, overall, Waller's been the more consistent tight end. And with Andrews, I mean, they have Nick Boyle, Hayden Hurst. It's like, what tight end are they throwing to right now? And it's getting kind of messy in that uh, tight end rotation. So Andrews isn't always the, the safe play, even on big matchups right now. And Jimmy Graham against the Chargers, you know, let's bring in more Packers into the equation. Four catches, 17 yards, not what you want to see. Uh, but, it, you know, Jimmy Graham is having an up-and-down season. He's really touchdown dependent. And when he doesn't get that touchdown, his statistics don't look that great. And the Chargers just totally dominated the Packers, and which was surprising. So you, you really didn't see a lot of great production from anyone on the Packers. So... Uh, thank you for joining me for the ghost segment and we'll get right into the pickups. Yay! All right, let's get right into the pickups. First thing I want to mention is there's a crazy amount of teams on a buy this week and that's something people need, really need to be aware of because me mentioning that and the reason why I'm mentioning it is because the there's going to be a lot of people dropping players that are are pretty decent players and it's because they don't have the roster space for them because they have so many guys on buys and and it definitely is not going to be a superstar but you know like some defenses and those those type of things um it's really uh, you, you really need to be on the lookout for some bargains that you might be able to find um, you know, teams on a buy this week is going to be the Eagles, Patriots, Redskins, Broncos, Jaguars, and Texans. So that, that's a lot of a lot of players and, and a lot of roster spots that you need to fill up. So I tried to include more pickups than I normally do, just based off the fact that a lot more people are are, are going to be looking. So to get started, the first person on the for streaming for quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo and he just had a great week last week and he has a big matchup against the Seahawks and Seahawks you know they do a lot of things right and they're a really good team but the one thing is uh they're really susceptible to the pass and I I really think Seattle can not shut down the the rushing attack by the 49ers but I think they can slow it down enough where they're going to make the 49ers uh, de- depend on, on, on the pass more than they would like. And that's going to come down to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. So, and, and it's not just this week either. There's, there's some games that, you know, Arizona is right after that, right? So you, there, there's, some, there's some options there with Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and especially winding down the fantasy football season, these wins are becoming more valuable. So... You need to do everything you can, and and Jimmy Garoppolo is just available in so, so many leagues right now, which, uh, not that it's surprising, but I figured he'd be owned a little bit more than he has been. Uh, next is Brian Hoyer, and I say this because Jacoby Brissett is injured, and he's playing the Dolphins while the Colts are playing the Dolphins. So I think any quarterback against the Dolphins is set up to have an amazing game. 
especially with all the uh, people that the Dolphins have, have traded away and, and just the, their team in general. So even if it's Brian Hoyer, I think he's a great streaming option. If you have a quarterback on a bye, if you have two quarterbacks on a bye or injuries, uh, if you have Jacoby Brissett and you're planning on playing him, Brian Hoyer is a veteran. He He's able to, to run the offense. And uh, granted, he, he's definitely not Jacoby Brissett, but I think he can have a decent game, and especially if you're hurting. Next is Kyle Allen with the Panthers. And I say this because... Kyle Allen is going to be the starting quarterback for the rest of the year. They just put Cam Newton on IR with his foot, and it it's really Kyle Allen's show now. And, and you know, you kind of knew that uh, Cam Newton, there was going to be an issue with him coming back with just how well the Panthers were playing, but the the fact that Cam Newton... Uh, can't you know? Couldn't get healthy this year, uh, and it looks like you know he's gonna try try it next year. Uh, this is looking really good for Kyle Allen, and he has the Packers, which eh, it's it's an, not the greatest matchup. It's okay, but I think down the road, especially for uh, for for Kyle Allen, he's a good quarterback to have on your bench. And he's a good streaming guy to have. You know, you can have him. Uh, you can wave him and, and pick him up when he has a good matchup. Uh, he's not owned so much that you have to worry about uh, someone picking him up and, and uh, you know, throwing him out there to, to be their starter every week. So uh, definitely a guy you need to start keeping your eye on now that you know that uh, it's not going to be inter- – uh, it's not going to be uh, – his job isn't going to be taken away by Cam Newton again. Brandon Allen is the next one. And it's like the, you know, the Allen brothers. We have, we have Kyle Allen, Brandon Allen, Josh Allen. We've been talking about a lot of Allens today. But uh, Brandon Allen for the Broncos, I was really surprised. You know, Cleveland, not that I thought Cleveland was great, but I like their defense because I haven't seen anything of Brandon Allen, and I wasn't sure that they were going to be able to move the ball with Brandon Allen playing quarterback, I thought the Browns might have a, a field day. And what what it kind of showed me in that Broncos game is Joe Flacco was really the problem. Um, Brandon Allen was able to move the ball, hit his weapons, and the Broncos looked better on offense than they have all year with Brandon Allen at quarterback, which is crazy to say. And the the, the thing, you know, Broncos are on a bye this week. But Brandon Allen is going to come back and, and be the starter. And, uh, you know, they play Minnesota next, which isn't a great matchup, so you might want to stay away from that. But as a streaming option, I, I think that uh, Brandon Allen brings you more value than what you uh, would expect uh, be, before that Cleveland game. Running back, we're moving along. Kalen Bellage, the Bellagio. Um, I say this because Mark Walton is suspended for the f- next four games, which is huge because, you know, they just traded Kenyon Drake. So that leaves Bellage as a lone running back on the Dolphins. And 
Not that you should be excited about that because Balaj just hasn't had the production when he had the starting job earlier in the year. But he's going to be a bell cow for him because he's all they have right now for the next four games at least. And it's still matchup based and I'm still not excited about him. But uh, with all these buys, he could be a good feeling back to to go in there and and at least you know you're going to get volume from him. And and that's important in in fantasy football. It's more about the opportunities and and Balazs will will be the one getting those opportunities. Um, Ronald Jones, the Buccaneers, he's a pickup. And I say that because Peyton Barber is moving his way back to uh, the second string, and, and Ronald Jones uh, kind of got a shot of confidence from Bruce Arians, and, and looks like he's going to be the starting running back from here on out. And Ronald Jones is looking better and better. Uh, he, he still, as a starting option, is scary, but you know when you're looking down at the waiver wire and, and you know, you're, you're trying to find uh, good backs or decent backs, serviceable backs, Ronald Jones has to be on the list now that he's going to be getting more opportunities on the Buccaneers' offense. And the Buccaneers need to do something because they're really not that balanced. And again, it's the Mike Evans and Godwin show, and that's all they really have. So if Ronald Jones can pick up his game and he can get those opportunities, it could be a positive thing for the Buccaneers. And So he's definitely worth having your eye on and worth an ad if – you know, you have a lot of guys on buys this week. The next, it's it's a duo. I have Ty Montgomery and Bilal Powell. I I don't like Powell. Well, I do like Powell, but he's more of a pass catcher. And there's been situations where the Jets running back has been hurt in the past, and you thought it was going to be Powell, and they still use him the same. He He's a pass-catching running back, and, you know, that's why they used McGuire so much last year. Well, well now McGuire's not there. It's it's Montgomery, and I really think that's how they'll break it up uh, with Montgomery carrying the ball and, and Powell getting the, uh, the the targets out of the backfield. And this is all dependent, of course, on Le'Veon Bell. So you really need to be paying attention to him. And, you know, if he's hurt, uh, this you, you need to pick up. Uh, I would actually go with Montgomery. I think Montgomery is a better play. Uh, Powell, it, again, is going to be the receiving back, and I think the volume is going to be there more for Montgomery. But regardless, they're both play for the Jets, and, and the Jets just are looking worse and worse every week. So you can't be excited about it. But if you need a, someone to uh, fill in your roster for this week, it, it's something I would definitely keep tabs on and, and, and pounds on if uh, – Le'Veon Bell ends up not playing. The last running back I have on the list for pickups is Darius Geis. And I say this because he's coming back off of IR. And if you haven't noticed, the Redskins have been paying more of an emphasis on the running game. Adrian Peterson is just, man, since Gruden has been fired and Callahan took over, Peterson's been having... A great you know great games one after the other and it's due to the volume they're just using him and and, and Peterson is you know has, has paid off now the Redskins still can't win but the, the, their offense uh, is starting to look 
a, a tad better with uh, with the rushing attack. And and the reason why I bring this up is is Geis is going to be coming back, and he's going to be digging into those targets that Peterson was getting. And and to be honest, I I can see Geis taking over most of them. So if you're an Adrian Peterson owner, kind of psyched about the uh, the change. Uh, the head coaching change and, and the emphasis on the, the running back, you're, you're going to be disappointed now, I think, with uh, Geis coming back. And I really think they're going to try to use him as, as the, uh, the the main back when he gets back. So if, you know, he's he's out in Waverland, you, you, this is a good time to pick him up and, and he could pay off, especially during the playoffs, during fantasy football. Moving along to receiver, I didn't add him last week, so I'm adding him this week, and he's kind of a no-brainer at this point, except for, again, there's so many buys this week that uh, someone could have waived him, or he could be on waivers because he's on a buy, and that's Mohamed Sanu for the Patriots. If he's out there, pick him up now. I mean, he had 10 catches last week, and uh, just to acclimate as fast as he did to that Patriot offense and be productive, you know, he had the touchdown as well. You definitely need to be uh, be picking him up. And if you have the room, uh, again, there's, there's so many players with bye weeks that, you know, you don't want to pick him up and have another player on a bye. But if you have the roster space to harbor him for a week to play him, he's definitely worth picking up. Uh, moving along after that, it's actually the person Mohammed Sanu virtually replaced, uh, Josh Gordon for the Seahawks. I really like that fit at, on the Seahawks. You know, Russell Wilson was throwing it to Lockett and DK Metcalf, who's a rookie, and that's it. So to have another option for Russell Wilson, that's kind of scary if you're a Seahawks fan. Uh, they're they're going to be lethal, and if you're playing the Seahawks, that's scary for the uh, defensive coordinators. I I realize it's Josh Gordon, and you know, is he healthy? Is he going to be able to play? Is he going to have a relapse of some sort? Um, those are definitely questions that uh, are valid, but at the same time, his upside is amazing, and I'm I'm really excited about the the uses that he could have with the Seahawks. He's, he's definitely worth a grab, you know, and kind of see what could happen, especially with his talent. He's just so talented that, uh, and he's in a great situation on top of that, that he's really worth the risk right now. So he's definitely a must-add. Uh, Zach Paschal for the Colts is a must-add. I mean, these receivers right now that you can get are, are it's pretty amazing. Zach Pascal is going to be the number one receiver with T.Y. Hilton being hurt for about, you know, two to three, four weeks. And Pascal actually, he had a great game last week. He had 76 yards, a touchdown. And that volume is going to be there for him. I don't, I don't care if it's Hoyer or Brissett, especially, you know, the game coming up against uh, the, the Dolphins. I, I really like Zach Pascal a lot, and I think he's worth the pickup, at least for the next couple weeks. And then you can reevaluate it uh, at that point. But uh, if you need a receiver that you can plug in really quick and, and be a pretty decent option, 
you really need to be looking at Zach Pascal when he's available in a lot more leagues than uh and I was surprised especially cuz this is you know last week wasn't the first week he's gotten a touchdown he he had a great game a couple of weeks ago as well where he had two touchdowns so he's really starting to see that volume and and definitely worth a, an ad at this point Hunter Renfro for the Raiders is the next receiver and I say this because his target volume has definitely in, improved the last couple of weeks. He scored two touchdowns. He, he's made a big play, a couple of big plays, actually. And Hunter Renfro is for real for the Raiders. He's he's getting the volume that you need, and he's definitely worth an add. Now, he's not necessarily someone you're really excited about in regards to going to blow it up and get you a huge week, but he's consistent, and he's those guys on your roster that uh, get you that consistency, you know, those 7 to 13 points a game where, um, you know, for for your other guys that do blow up, it, it helps with your overall uh, uh, team that week. And, and Hunter Renfro is worth an ad just for that consistency that he's providing right now. Moving on to tight end, Jared Cook for the Saints. And I'm not excited. I just think I don't think there's really that much to pick up at tight end. And you know, if, if I I only have two options this week for tight end, and I'm not excited about either of them. But Jared Cook's coming back from injury, and, and that's significant. I mean, it's always significant for uh, you know a tight end on the Saints coming back, especially if he's the number one tight end. The the issue is it's been Jared Cook, and he's been disappointing this year. So I'd like to see how he's used, but. You know, the Saints are playing some, you know, like the Buccaneers, the Falcons, some teams that aren't that great at stopping the tight end. So, in theory, Cook sh- should be having some big games coming up. And, uh, you know, in that regard, I, I think he's worth an ad just to kind of grab and, and see what happens. Jack Doyle for the Colts is my next one. I think with the T.Y. Hilton injury, it's going to – help out Ebron and Doyle because the Colts are who they are and, and I don't necessarily think it's going to, you know, I think Pasco benefits as a receiver but I don't see a lot of the other receivers getting a huge uptick in, in targets and, and, and production but I do see that for the tight ends so I really think it's going to be a lot more of Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron's owned in most leagues but, but Jack Doyle isn't so he's someone to keep on your radar, and uh, you know he's he's been used in the offense a lot more lately than he has been earlier. So he's he's someone that's on the uprise as well. That um, if you're hurting for a tight end with these bye weeks, he, he might not be a bad play. So it's definitely someone to think about. So uh, we will move along to our news, and we'll get right into it. Here's our breaking news segment, and I like to start it off with the uh, quarterbacks on IR. It's pretty significant. Cam Newton, you thought there was a chance he would come back soon. It was not to be. He ends up uh, getting a second opinion on his foot, and now he's on IR. He'll be out for the year. Really opens up the door for Kyle Allen. And for the Panthers, you know, you know the offense and, and the continuity that they had has been 
pretty remarkable this season with the with the backup quarterback and you know with with Cam the not that he's a horrible quarterback or anything but uh the way he's been playing with that injury he just wasn't the same and and it was uh you know with without his mobility it was really tough to watch that offense try to meet expectations so alas Newton is on IR and uh, it's the Kyle Allen show. Flacco, also to IR. And, and I find it peculiar with Joe Flacco because, you know, they have the game. He interviews. Uh, during the interview, he kind of rips on the uh, play calling of the Denver Broncos, you, you know, saying that how conservative it was and how it was like they're they're playing not to not to lose and instead of playing to win and then all of a sudden he's hurt with a injury and not to say that injury is not legitimate but I mean it obviously is he's on IR but uh he makes those comments then all of a sudden a couple of days later oh he's on IR or he's you know he's out he he has a neck injury and then all of a sudden oh no now he's on IR he's out for the year and it was almost, you know, like the Broncos saying, you know, get out of here, Joe Flacco. And I'll be honest, the, you know, and I talked about this earlier, then the Broncos offense looked amazing with uh, Brandon Allen behind center. And you're like, well, was it the offensive coordinator of the Broncos or was it Joe Flacco? Because the, the Broncos offense was pretty putrid all year. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, a, a journeyman, third string quarterback comes in and just is looked uh looked efficient and I don't want to get too carried away because it was against the Browns but uh crazy times over in Denver uh, Mark Walton suspended for four games now we kind of knew there was a suspension coming just because this was based off of uh, Mark Walton's off season you know this is the reason he was cut from the Bengals and got signed by Miami. That opens the the door for Balage, which is why he was a, a pickup a, uh, this week uh, on the running backs. But uh, you know, just when you're starting to feel good about Walton, and and I told you everyone to pick him up last week, uh, now it's uh, he needs to go right back out to the the waiver wire, and uh, Balage is the guy to have in Miami. And and that's how quick things change in, in fantasy football. Uh, the Bell injury, I wanted to bring that up again because that opens the door for Ty Montgomery and Bilal Powell. And it's something to monitor. And it could be a game-time decision. Who knows? So, um, But it's significant in regards to Bell just hasn't been used like he normally is used when he was in Pittsburgh and um he's been a good sport about it but uh you'd like to see Bell more incorporated more in the passing game and the running game and and now with this injury he's looking like a player that uh didn't quite meet expectations when you drafted him in the first round this year which most people did and and even if you got him in the second you you have to be a little disappointed with uh, his production so far and then uh, Josh Gordon's going to have his first game with the Seahawks against the Niners. And 
that's exciting, and and I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be excited to see this offense, uh, with the, uh, you know, Russell Wilson having uh, another, another weapon, but my, uh, Josh Gordon's definitely not someone I would start against the 49ers defense. For one, the 49ers defense is good, and and then for for two, that's his first game. So let's see how he, you know how fast he learned the offense, how they are trying to use him in this offense. Um, but it's exciting just to, to know that he's back out there and, and playing. So the Brissett injury is MCL. It's bad news for the Colts. You know, Luck retired earlier this year before the season started. And uh, actually right before the season started. And this uh, Brissett wasn't playing, was playing pretty well, actually. Uh, I mean, ex- except for the, the Denver game. Um, but uh, that MCL injury will open the door for Brian Hoyer. And it's something to monitor because, you know, the Colts with Brissett being hurt, Hilton being hurt, they were kind of a, a team you like to root for with all, everything that happened to them. But now that uh, Brissett's hurt and Hilton's hurt, it, you might be seeing a downfall for the Colts, which would be unfortunate. So uh, definitely keep an eye on that situation. The uh, The next thing is uh, Edmonds. So Trey Edmonds is the leading rusher in Pittsburgh last week. And uh, against the Colts, and he had 73 yards. Most of it was on the uh, the one long run of, of what the forty plus yard one forty three yards I believe, but um, he is didn't finish the game. He got hurt, and Connor's not a sure thing to come back. And Snell was already out three to four weeks, so that really opens the door for Jalen Samuels to be the only back that's left. And uh, the the big issue with with that is, you know, he's going against the Rams, which isn't necessarily an ideal matchup, um, but he's going to get the volume and the targets, and so you you want to monitor that situation as well on if Edmonds ends up playing or not, or and if Connor ends up playing. Actually, I think Edmonds definitely is not playing, and um, so if Connor is out, then that is is great news for Samuel owners. But uh, if Connor comes back, I I think it kind of goes back to uh, the James Conner show with uh, Samuels being the, uh, the the change of pace every once in a while. The uh, the next bit of news is Cook's still not cleared from the concussion protocol. And, and that's big because if you're, if you picked up Josh Reynolds to play, uh, you got to like him even more now because uh, there, there's definitely going to be some targets against uh, Pittsburgh on the outside. And obviously, you know, with Cooper Cup and, and, and Woods and, you know, even Everett at tight end, who has a decent matchup, I think uh, uh, Reynolds is, is the one that might be overlooked and, and, and could have a decent game. So on that note, uh, I appreciate you joining the Burke and Miz, the Wiz Montalban podcast. We... Uh, We'll see you again next week, and just keep listening. This is where you get all your fantasy football advice. You can find me on 
email at mizmontalban at gmail.com. And it's M-I-Z-Z-M-O-N-T-A-L-B-A-N. And you can also find me on Twitter, and it's at Ms. Montalban. So have a great week, and we will be back again on Friday for the starts and sits of the week. So thank you, and auf Wiedersehen.